I can always start off this sermon with that, with that song. Every time we can do that, we can do that every day. Honestly, it gets me, it gets me fired up about who our God is. Um, that just happened, but make sure this is on silent. Yeah, that's who our God is. That's who we're, we get to pray to when Mitch talks about 21 days of prayer. Um, that's who he is. And, you know, I'm going to jump right into it. I want to go right to Psalms 147. If you have a Bible, turn to Psalms 147, verse 3 through 5. Listen to this. This is who our God is. Verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in his power. His understanding is infinite. Right? So when we sing that song, right, the stars... We're made to worship, right? So will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. Side note, you know rocks actually have like a sound that they make. All of nature has a sound, right? Some type of frequency. We can't necessarily hear it. So to us, it's silent. But God made that, right? And even the rocks cry out. That's who our God is. A God that can heal you emotionally, physically. A God that has named the heavens. And the heavens listen and obey because they're made to worship. His power, his love for his creation, we can't even fathom because it says here that his understanding God is, is, is infinite. Do you know him? Do you know that God, the God of the universe? If you don't, he wants you to know him. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Right. Ah, Show of hands. Um, How many of us have New Year's resolutions? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Anybody want to share one? No? Okay. Read through the whole Bible. Good, I like that. It's hard to share one because then you're accountable to everybody in the room. So now everybody's, now everybody's, make sure you read through the whole Bible. Right. Uh, I see Nick back there. He didn't say anything. He's like, nah. Raise his hand. He said, mm, I'm not going to share right now. Um, it's something about the new year that makes us press reset, right? That makes us want to restart. Um, and just strive to be better, honestly. Um, here's another question. Show of hands. How many people succeeded in their last year's resolution? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's a couple. That's, that's okay. Guess what? We get to start again. We get to start again. 
Um, if it's your first time here, you know, welcome. Um, glad you're here. If it's your, if you've been here for a while, over a year, you will remember that we started last year with prayer, with a prayer series, right? The reason why we start with prayer series is because we believe there's nothing more important, there's nothing more essential than prayer, um, than turning our vision up to God. James 4 tells us that if we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. What's more important than that? Than being in the presence of God. Nothing. We can lay everything at his feet. In prayer, we get to participate in the space where heaven and earth meet through Jesus. This is literally the realm of what we call it, the three enchanted reality, the unseen realm, the invisible world, the realm of universal flourishing and delight. This is where I go to be filled to be with the Father, where the Spirit will guide me, lead me, and direct me, if I allow it to, right? We get to participate in it, if I allow it to. This all happens in prayer, time with the Father. In his book, Pastoral Care, St. Gregory the Great um, says this regarding pastors and priests. And side note, we are all priests in some capacity, right? We're called to be priests. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're called to be a priest. And I would say that in some capacity, we are all pastors as well, right? If you have kids, if you have children, you're pastoring, you're shepherding your children. If you don't have kids, you're shepherding your friends, right? So this is what he says about the pastor slash priest. In his sympathy for others, the Christian ruler should be ready to carry the burdens of his neighbors. And at the same time, he should be avid for the vision of the invisible world. Both are necessary so that he neither despises his neighbor in his contemplation of divine things, nor relinquishes his aspiration for heavenly realities by suiting himself to the weakness of those around him. He goes on. St. Paul was caught up in the third heaven, but that did not keep him from dealing with the most mundane details of daily life. Paul was united at the same time to the highest and the lowest by the bond of charity, by the bond of charity, right? Esteeming others higher than ourselves, right? Not being so lost in the clouds that, you know, nothing down here matters, you know, no one else matters. It's all about heavenly things and not being wedded to everything material, saying like, ah, heaven is up there, but it's, it's, it's separate from me, right? No, there's two halves to the story and they actually collide, right, through the bond of charity. He says this, even Jacob saw angels ascending and descending between heaven and earth. In the same way, true preachers ascend to the Lord himself and descend in compassion to the members of his body. So first we turn our vision up. Through the filter of Jesus Christ, we can have godly compassion for others. That's the only way, right? We have to have our vision up so we can see through his filter 
right? So that we can have compassion for others. Because if not, then it's all vanity. Moses, too, went in and out from the tabernacle, sometimes communing with God, sometimes bearing the burdens of daily life and the burdens of his people. Whenever he was uncertain of what to do, he always went to the tabernacle. So now, in 2023, first time I said that, that's fun. You know, do we still go to the tabernacle, the temple? Sure, right? And we are the temple ourselves, right? So it's a both and, right? We are called to be, as Mitch said earlier, gathered and scattered, right? Love that phrase. Uh, Zach once used the illustration of a, a honeybee, and I love this illustration. Anybody ever see the bee movie, by the way? Jerry Seinfeld? No? Yes? Yes? It's okay. It's a hilarious movie. It's, it's excellent, you know, it, you know, to help you understand the significance of bees through a comedic lens. It's, it's great. But the point is this. Bees gather in the hive, right? So they come and they gather in the hive, and then they scatter. Now, as they scatter, they go to flower to flower, right? They get pollen on their bellies or whatever, and then they're... Uh, pollinating the, the, the earth, making it look beautiful, right? Contributing to God's beauty, right? So likewise, that's what we are supposed to do. We are called to be gathered right now, which we are, right? But then when we scatter, we are called to be what? Salt and light upon the earth, right? Salt and light upon the earth. Prayer alone um, is good, right? Prayer alone is good. God wants you to have that personal relationship with him. Prayer gathered together, uh, one heart, one mind, focused on one single focus together is more powerful. Um, so both gathered and scattered. So let's talk about when we scatter from here. Uh, I want to talk about a method that I have found very useful. Um, for me personally over this last year. Okay. Show of hands again. How many of us find ourselves praying about the same old things all the time? The same old things about the same old things. All right. Okay. Good. I mean, it's it just, it happens, right? We just get into a rhythm and it's like, we pray about the same old things, and it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to pray for my wife, I'm going to pray for my daughter, I'm going to pray for my church, my wife, my daughter, church, friends, family, and it's, you kind of just get into this, this apathetic lethargy. It, it can happen where it's just, you know, it's just what I do, and then it becomes, you know, more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more like a ritual, you know, like it's just, yeah, it just kind of, it feels like the heart's not there sometimes, at least for me. Um, one tangible thing that I started to do um, is I always start with, not always, I'll take that back, but I try to start with God's word, right? That's one thing that I can always do first is start with God's word. 
and I can speak my own words, right? But it is shaped by the word of God. And it's always a better way to pray, in, in my opinion. In James 4, 3, he says, Ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. A prayer like that might sound, Lord, I really need this or that. We don't really know what we need. God knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need. We think we know what we need, but we don't really know what we need. Or my life would be so much more comfortable, Lord, if I had you fill in the blank. Who said your life was supposed to be comfortable? <laughs> you know, who promised you that? You know, make no mistake. The reality is that we are fallen. Right? We're prone to wander. It's not my words. We are prone to wander. We're prone to have selfish ambitions, um, prone to idolatry, prone to have all shades of immorality and uncleanness. Not only that, but we live in a time and space where it's saturated and it's, it's, we're surrounded by iniquity all, all around us. And it's celebrated and encouraged. Right? You know, my uncle called me the other day, and he was like, he's from Connecticut. He's like, yo, son, we're going, we going to Vegas for a 50th birthday. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, snap, okay. Well, you know, I don't think I'll go, but. And there's nothing wrong with Vegas, right? But it's going to go down in Vegas. <laughs> you know, it's going to go down. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know. You know, I want you to have, if you're watching, I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful birthday in Vegas. Um, if I knew we were going to like, you know, I don't know, a show, a blue man group or something, or, you know, see the Los Angeles Raiders, or maybe not the Raiders, but they're, they're horrible. But, you know, you know, there, I can go, but there's only a, some things that I can do. I don't want to be surrounded, you know. With that, and listen, it's Sin City for a reason. But I'm not listen. I'm not trying to put down Vegas. I'm not trying to put down Vegas. I'm just saying, you know. Um, but I'm not making any mistake. I know what the reality is and what we're prone to, right? Would you think it's wise to just start praying without consulting Scripture and get back on track here? What does the Book of Hosea say? about God's people and why we're being destroyed every day. It's not up there, but I'm going to read it to you. If you have a Bible, Hosea 4, 6. Hosea 4, 6, Old Testament. Circle this if you haven't. Hosea 4, 6. It says this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Destroy for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me. Hmm. See, prayer ushers us near to God. And in return, he draws near to us. When we draw away from God, 
we can't be an effective priest for him. Right. So he's going to like the prodigal son. He's going to allow you to go. You know, it's not even that he's drawing away from us. It's like we're drawing away from him. So the distance is getting further and further. Right. So prayer is how we draw near to him. Right. There's so many forms of prayer Christians have used to cultivate a close relationship throughout history. Right. There's the discursive prayer. There's corporate prayer, which is what we're doing. Mental prayer, centering prayer, silent prayer, meditation, the prayer of relinquishment, the prayer of guidance. I'm sure I left some out. Um, One of the most powerful methods to draw near to God is to prayer through the scriptures. Right. This method can be used with almost any type of prayer. Maybe not discursive prayer, but any other prayer you can, pretty much. Donald S. Whitney says this in his book, Praying the Bible. He says, what I'm advocating, our primary activity is prayer, not Bible intake. Makes me pause for a second. I see Tim back there. We said, what? Bible. Not Bible intake. Okay, let, me, let, me, let me go on. He says, Bible reading is secondary in the process. Hmm. Our focus is on God through prayer. Our glance is at the Bible. And we turn Godward and pray about every matter that occurs to us as we read. So he goes on to have this illustration of how this might play out. Um, And then he defends it biblically when he says this. Suppose you are praying through Psalm 130. And you come to the verse, verse 3. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities... Oh, Lord, who could stand? And when you see that verb, Mark, your friend Mark comes to mind. What should you do? Pray for Mark. You know that the verse isn't about Mark, but certainly it's not wrong to pray for Mark just because he popped into your head as you were reading Psalms 133. And this is totally fine. A side note, you will always have Bible intake. If you're reading the Bible. Right. Um, And there's levels of discernment there, but you will always get Bible intake. Um, What we're doing is we're just filtering our selfish desires through the word of God. Right. Through Jesus, the perfect filter. So when I was a young boy, my dad um, made me memorize certain scriptures. Um, I'm sure he made Pastor Mitch, Tim made Pastor Mitch read script, memorize scriptures. One of them was Psalms 23. I think that's, you know, a, a staple of Christendom. Um, it's interesting. I, uh, I hate to divorce Psalm 22 from Psalm 23 because it's wedded together, in my opinion. And in, to understand the full context of David's state of mind when you read, uh, when he wrote Psalms 22 and Psalms 23, I recommend you read them both. But remember, our primary activity is prayer, not Bible intake. Bible reading is secondary in this process. So, turn to me, turn with me to Psalm 23. And let's say, if I was reading Psalms 23, it might go like this. The Lord is my shepherd. 
And I would just sit there and think about that and in what ways that he is my shepherd. And I might say, thank you for being my shepherd, uh, for allowing me to make mistakes and always being there. Lord, I pray for our shepherds here in the building, Mitch, myself, Tim, Kevin. Father, equip us to shepherd those around us. Lord, equip the people in the room to shepherd their families. Lead us in the knowledge of you. Father, direct us and lead us in future decisions. And I can stay there for a, for a while, I feel like, with that. And just think about ways that he is my shepherd. Prayer without ceasing. I shall not want. Or another, maybe in your Bible it says, I shall not lack. Right? Lord, I'm amazed that you, that I have never lacked. I might have learned some hard lessons, but I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful that you have always provided. Father, I remind, I am reminded of those that lack essential things, and I lift them up in your, in your name. And I call them out by name. I trust in you, Lord, with my whole heart. Your understanding supersedes my own. Your knowledge, I acknowledge you. Uh, for the great shepherd that you are. I know that you will always keep me on the right path. Do this also for those I love, my family, my church, my leaders. All I did was I just added a little scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 to that. Call that stacking. Right? Look at the next line. He makes me lie down in green pastures. First of all, Thank you, Lord, for last week because that I have a warm bed and a, and a warm. It was 30, 29 degrees here. It's zero degrees everywhere else. Thank you for a warm home. Amen. Thank you for that warm bed. Thank you for keeping my family warm and safe. During the freezing temperatures, Lord, I pray for those that come to mind that don't have the luxuries that we have. I name them now. Also, Lord, my sleep has been sporadic. It really has. Confession, I haven't been enjoying the rest that you provided me. Search me, O Lord. Relieve me of all anxiety and fear that creeps in my mind and captures my thoughts. I know that's not from you. Help me to be a more effective agent for you and your children. He leads me beside the still waters. Yes, Lord, I surrender all decisions about my future to you. Father, I want my steps to line up with your steps. When I get in front of you with my clumsy zeal, slow me down. Shape me and guide me into your will at all times. I surrender. Lead me beside still waters in all matters according to your mercy and grace. Silent. Silence the anxious waters of my soul. Silent the fear in my mind. I know this is not of you. May I experience your peace, even when everything around me is in disarray. May the turbulence of my heart be stilled because of your presence, Jesus. You surround me at all times. I am safe, secure. I have the same power that raised you from the dead operating in me. Peace be still.
He restores my soul. And we can go on. In what ways does he restore my soul? In every way. Where does that lead me? I might think of the word restore. Father, restore the relationships that I possibly severed. Restore the relationship between me and my brother, me and my aunt, me and my uncle, me and my dad. Build that up. Lord, you restore my soul. Will you rekindle a fire in me to have a compassion for others the way that, that you do? You lead me down paths of righteousness, Lord. Let me not take that for granted. Praying through the scripture. This is the booklet right here, 21 Days of Prayer. We worked really hard on this. Um, we're proud of it. Um, to Mitch's point, we believe it takes 21 days to make a habit. Aaron, my wife, will have these books in the back. And since today is the first day of the year, super easy. Let's take a look at what it says. Start with singing. The reason why we say that is, first of all, we already started with singing today, did we? Did we not? Right? Amen? That part's already done. Amen. Right? But it reorients our vision back up to Christ. Right? It recalibrates our thoughts, our process, back to him. The stars are made to worship, so will I. The rocks cry out in silence, so will I. Okay. And then we go to day one, Psalms 8. What would that look like? Psalms 8. Who would have thought we were going to do so much praying today? Who would have thunk it? Look at this. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Father, you are God and I am not. Simple as that. I am creature, you are creator. Right? Your name is excellent above all the earth. You set glory upon the heavens. You have ordained the heavens. Look at this. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Out of the, out of the mouth of babes. Who's that? It's us. He's ordained strength in every single one of us, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So we have that same power, that same strength. We need to tap into that. How do we do that? By cultivating that relationship with him. Look at this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you would visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with honor and glory. Father, thank you for crowning us with honor and glory. Lord, when I think of the stars, the work of your fingertips, Lord, you've, you've cared about who, who is Jerome that you would even care about him? Who is Kenny that you would care about Kenny? That you would care about Mitch? Who? Who are we, right? Who is Mason that you would care about Mason? That you would even, what? You created all this. 
They're singing songs about stars and galaxies and billions and things happening, and you care about Him. That's our God. Right? That's our God. We have an opportunity to start the year off the right way. Right? Recalibrating our vision. And then, with that, we walk through that prayer. And then, meditate. Sit still, reflect. Two minutes, three minutes. Right? We get to reflect on that. So, I'm inviting you on a journey of prayer this year. And I want to challenge you and myself, honestly, uh, to take this year seriously. That's the word. You know that. The word is serious. If we claim to believe that Jesus is who he said he is, we will. Right? We will take this year seriously. I'm saying right now I'm going to take this year seriously, everything I do. The most important and pressing question is the same question that Jesus asked Peter And it's the same question he's asking you today. Who do you say that I am? Objectively, it is simply the Messiah. The King of kings and Lord of lords. Subjectively, it is friend, healer, teacher, etc. You've heard me say this before. All of which are nice things. But saying or claiming that he is the Messiah, that he's the King of kings and Lord of all lords, has tremendous implications to it. It should disrupt our life. It should change everything. If we are serious about what we believe, we will choose to obey his word. We will stay on the path. It starts with adoration, vision up. First Thessalonians 5, 15 through 22. Turn there with me real quick if you have that. It's a New Testament towards the end of the Bible before Revelations, 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says this. It'll be up on here too. Rejoice always. Praying without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Right? And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. How are we supposed to abstain from every form of evil if we don't take our prayer life seriously? Seriously, it's impossible. No pun included there. But it's impossible. If we do not take it seriously, we, as verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Or if we do, rather, then our lives will be transformed. Right? This is vision in. And then being transformed through this up in relationship with God, the Father, through prayer and the word of God. Then this bleeds out into vision out. This bleeds out into compassion for others, right? 
it bleeds out and esteeming, esteeming others higher than ourselves. It actually bleeds out. It actually is mature love, right? Spiritual maturity. So I read the story yesterday about Eric Liddell. Um, he was a Scottish sprinter at the 1924 Olympics. And I heard the story rather. And I guess this, so this man refused to run the 100 meter dash because it was held on a Sunday, right? 19, this is 1924. He's in the Olympics. Um, he doesn't run the 100 because it's held on a Sunday. Okay. So he enters the 400 meters instead and won the gold medal. Now, I ran track. I ran the 400. I know I had aspirations of going to the Olympics. I know how hard that is to be training for the 100 meters and then to run the 400 and then wins the gold medal. What? Um, crazy. But listen to what he said after he won. He said, It has been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic Games and to bring home the gold medal. But since I have been a little lad, I have had my eyes on a different prize. You see, each one of us is in a greater race than any I have ran in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. Would you say that's somebody that takes his faith seriously? His prayer seriously? His union with God seriously? As the band comes back up, um, I want to close with this quote from Henry Nowen. And Ben, you guys can come back up. I love this quote. So Henry Nowen says this about prayer. Prayer helps us stand in the presence of God with all we have and are. I'm going to say that again. I want you to really hear it. Prayer helps us stand in the presence of God. With all we have and are. Strips us down. Simple, right? The more we stand in his presence, the more we are transformed into his beautiful image. And what a gift that is. Let us be children that take advantage of the advantage that Christ gave us. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I can... I can just consider the work of your fingertips all day. I can look at the stars. I can look at the constellations. Your majesty, your, your majestic just creation um, all over. All over this earth and outside of this earth. And who are we, Lord, that you would even be mindful of us, that you would want to have a relationship, a personal relationship with us. There's no other God that's like that. But yet, you want to know us. You want us to know you. So Lord, we are, I confess that this year, and anybody can keep me accountable, that I will take this seriously. 
Lord, that I will spend time with you every morning. Every morning. In prayer, in meditation, in worship. Lord, I will close my days with prayer, meditation, and reflecting on you, Father. Lord, thank you for the privilege, the privilege to be a part of your family, to be grafted in as an outsider. Lord, we love you, and we say this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.